0: Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. Ah!
1: Welcome to episode six of the Nailed It Wall. On this week, we're going to take an in depth look at Most Likely to Succeed. If you haven't seen this movie by now, we encourage you to go out and watch it. It's on Amazon Prime for free. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. I'm Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And
0: I'm Mrs. Schofield.
1: Well, it feels good to be back. Last week, we took a hiatus from our podcast. We did. Both of us, that we didn't get a podcast up last week, but you're in California the last two weeks. I've been on the East Coast going between Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. Rough life. Rough life. Rough life. Uh, But like with every episode, we always like to start off how you've nailed it in a good way or a bad way, and and you have a pretty epic story to share.
0: I do. Um, So when I was in California, we were at my sister's, and we didn't get a ton of pool time at the beginning of the summer when we visited. It's June gloom out there. It's pretty typical for California. But when we went back, it was blazing hot. It felt very similar to home, actually, uh, sadly so but we hit the pool finally and i brought my phone out there for some tunes i'm really big into music and so i put my my phone on my flip-flops and i kind of stuck it on the side of the pool next to this raft that was sort of in the pool but it they were safe they were safe so Just a minute or two later, my daughter started laughing about my flip-flops being in the pool, which that was not super funny anyway. That would be one fail because they are not um, meant for the water. They're those squishy yoga material. So I was a little bit distraught. Aren't those your
1: last pair of flip-flops? My
0: only last pair of flip-flops thanks to my wonderful dog, Blue, chewing the other pair. But then I realized, oh, my gosh, my phone was sitting on top of my flip-flops. You know, what happened to the phone? And so I saw at the bottom of the shallow end. Thank God it was a shallow. But I would have it doesn't even matter. I would have got on scuba gear. Does not matter because my phone was at the bottom of the pool and I was trying to keep my hair dry like a lot of girls do when they get out of the pool. But that was not to be. So I dive down, get my phone. I'm like practically going to give it mouth to mouth. But it's totally fine so what i learned from this is i guess that the newer phones that the x i don't even know what they are i think i have an xr or xs um, that they are water resistant so that is a fun fact for anybody that has a newer phone don't panic you don't have to go out and buy rice if you don't have it it all worked out it's fine it's trucking along i'm very very grateful so it could have been a very bad moment it still was a failed it but i was very lucky
1: Yeah, and you've only had this phone a month, right?
0: It's very, very new. I got it specifically so I could take pictures of my my new little baby niece that I knew was coming and then pictures from promotion at the end of the year. It's a very, very new phone, and I was distraught because I wanted it for so long. How long did I put that off? I mean, since you got yours, I had major phone envy, and it was a sad, sad moment. I genuinely just felt, like, just sick in the pit of my stomach. And for anybody that's ever dropped their phone in water – which I have done in the past, other phones. And, you know, that's usually pretty much game over. So it was a nice thing. So well done, Apple, as a perk.
1: Technology, you got to love that. Mm -hmm. Score for you, well, that's a great story there. I couldn't imagine your face. I I can only imagine Ella kind of the look of shock and you just sweating bullets.
0: It was not a good scene. And Ella, I will tell you, there was no panic for her. She just kind of thought, uh, easy come, easy go. She looked very, very chill about the whole thing. (laughs) great story
1: i I, Mm -hmm. flip-flop floating in the pool Mm -hmm. and then phone at the bottom and the
0: flip-flops made it so thank god
1: wearing them today Mm -hmm. uh my nailed it story it goes back to i flew back for 10 days by myself with my two kiddos we went to maine for a week and my wife is coming later uh in the break there and my kids, we just had an amazing time. Like we just had the time of our lives. It's always a little nerve wracking. to go anywhere with your kids, but let alone doing like Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. And we always say our kids are living their best lives. They really and are. We were doing the touristy things. We were doing the beach. We were hanging out with my dad, hanging out with grandparents, doing the family reunion, taking trains to the top of Mount Washington. It was just an, an epic trip and I've never felt so refreshed kind of coming back into school year, stepping away, and, you know, now it's like schools are right around the corner. I'm just, like, ready to get back into it because of this time I had with family and friends and and the beach totally.
0: Well, and I think that that's actually a really cool thing about summer for us as teachers is we really need to recharge, and it's just such a gift to be able to have a A trip like what you had I mean honestly I feel like I should have a trip like that I do feel a little (laughs) bit feel a little bit robbed but you know to be able to go and just have that intensive time with your family and just doing things that you love where there's there's just nothing it's just whatever you put on you know you guys had a great summer bucket list we had a really awesome summer bucket list and then to really just prioritize those special moments that you want to be able to give to yourself to your kids is just the best you know
1: it is. And we are so lucky to do the job that we do. Mm-hmm. We love it so much. But it's like, you, know, you want to give those opportunities to your kids that you never had. I mean, I couldn't believe Mackenzie, our niece and nephew, Kai and Dylan, they do surfing lessons on Monday in Gloucester, Massachusetts. And my kids are like, we're going to do it. And I didn't realize you're supposed to be eight and Ryan's only six and he was out there, he was surfing, like hitting these things. My daughter was like blue crush, I couldn't believe it. And just like it just makes you so proud that your kids have these opportunities and to take these experiences that like you had as a kid. But I mean, my kids are surfing. It was amazing.
0: I'm just saying you are at least eight years old. So I do yeah. feel that you should have been <laughs> on board out there as well. But that's fine. Next trip. Next yes, trip. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, a great summer.
1: All right, segue in into uh, this week's episode. We're going to continue our talk about a movie that has inspired us so much as educators, as parents. um, Our whole belief as to how we shape our classrooms, how we treat uh, students, how we incorporate tech in the classroom. So much so that I I felt like I had to watch the documentary a second time just to get pumped up for our part two of today's podcast.
0: Yeah, that movie, I think... We had so much anticipation of what that movie would be like. So for us to be able to finally get the opportunity to watch it, to see how many things resonated with us, but then to really be able to mill it over, it was just so much for just one you know, sit down and talk it through just because there's so much to consider. And even things that we've come back to after the first one, you know, the more we think about it and then just things that have come up that resonate with this whole thing you know like our dbusd um, rally and a lot of stuff that he that one of the speakers said it really connected right to this and it just kind of drives home what's our goal for education what are we trying to provide to these kids what should all that look like
1: yeah and you talked uh right before we left before our breaks before you went to california you were telling me about the school in silicon valley that a lot of parents are really upset explain explain what's going on there so
0: what happened was a bunch of um kind of like tech ceo type people they banded together and they opened these um this school the uh, alternative school i think they're called alt schools and they started with one but then they opened a few and it was kind of like a different approach to education, kind of similar, I would think, um, in style to um, High Tech High, right? So, and I think for the most part, they were successful in some ways. I don't know that they were monitoring their success in the same way that the documentary really showcased what High Tech High is. I think that they're doing a really good job trying to keep tabs and, and figure out what this looks like big picture um, long term. But regardless. So they have these schools and they were losing money and decided that they were going to start selling the curriculum that was actually successful at this, these alt schools. So they closed, um, a lot of their campuses. I think they just had one left and parents were furious because they basically feel that their kids were guinea pigs and the parents are, saying okay we believe in your vision we believe that what you're saying has value we're going to put our kids there we're going to put their trust there and then they feel betrayed because they took a chance with their kids education and now there's no place for these kids to go so it's like this scramble situation and how do you where do you even put your kids after they've been exposed to that how do you work backwards there's just not a lot of opportunities for kids to have that
1: yeah, and I think that's, like, the hardest thing as a parent. Like, you want to, like, you talked about, like, talk a little about, bit about, like, the closing doors as a parent, like, the last thing you want to do.
0: Well, and that was actually in the documentary. It was one of the mothers, and I can't remember which one. It, um, I don't. I think it was the lady that went to go talk to one of the teachers and was talking to your Berkeley guy, I think. And she was saying as a parent, you're trying to figure out what, how to do what's best for your kids. And we know there's this discrepancy with the skill set and then jobs um, that are available and jobs that will be available. So there's that breakdown in the, what you need to prepare kids with. But what does that look like? But you, so you think, okay, well, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to try this high-tech high. But you're concerned. like That's a gamble. You don't know if you're going to close a door for your kid. You don't know if that's going to ultimately help because the research has not shown for sure if that's going to be better. So you are, you're, you're concerned. You're choosing to take a step of faith and do that for your kid, but you don't really know if it's going to pan out in that way
1: which is like the most scary thing. I remember six years ago, starting, this is our sixth year being back in Arizona and we were getting ready to move back. My stepmom, my dad, and my brother-in-law, they're like, why would you move from the number one state in education to the number 48? And I just said time and time again, like my kids would not get what they're, they would get from Sierra Verde at any other school. And I just said that over and over. And I have a third grader and a first grader and i have taught here for the last five years and i could not agree more with that statement how impactful this school has been you know and like has opened so many doors and both of them have grown in their own special ways even this morning we were talking about how different my kids are and if they were at a school in massachusetts they, they just would not have what what these amazing teachers do for all the kids here and you put tons of research in like you've moved all over the country and Mm -hmm. this is something that you um spend hours pouring on uh pouring over every little detail and you pick this school for a certain reason and yeah uh, you want to talk about that a little bit
0: yeah I mean I at the time stem was yeah it's kind of a new buzzword I mean I it's not that it wasn't being done it just wasn't it's not prevalent I think it's becoming more, especially in Arizona, which is super cool. But it was not, you know, we came from Naperville, which is a really, really awesome school district. It's very high rated, a very desirable spot for education. However, what my kids do here, what our kids do here, it just, it's such a high level of um, really the problems. It's those critical thinking and all of the soft skills that they get Plus the exposure to the engineering, you know, all of those things, all of the engineering design process and creating and, and just thinking differently. It's just a different It's just a different place here. And, and my son even was talking to me about kids. You know, we're at a K-8. So there's kids that think, well, I, I don't really want to go to 7th, 8th here. I want to go to a middle school. And he said to me, why would you leave this? Why would you ever want to leave this school? And he said, I've seen so many people leave thinking it's going to be better and then they come back because they realize it's just something so special here and I said no I know it's it's true but we there's just a totally different mindset here about what we value and what we try to expose kids to and um, bring out from them I think
1: yeah, and I think that's you know we've been very fortunate as parents. Our kids have been very fortunate to mm-hmm. uh, be beneficiaries of that. But it's it's a daunting task as a parent, like to ensure that you're not going to close like a certain door for your 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 students' upbringing in that sense. And the documentary does such a great job of like kind of going through that first day of school um as they're growing kind of like bringing out that student voice is the most impactful thing Mm -hmm. and then exhibition night is just an amazing uh piece of work that high tech high has just been doing for years and years and, I mean, I think you talked a little bit, like, uh, that, that wheel that they created that mm, rep- the gear. represented all of these ancient civilizations and had this, like, I mean, the teacher really had, like, that mic drop moment when he was yeah. explaining all the little nuances.
0: Yeah, well, exhibition night. It, it, so what they were saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what they were saying is instead of giving the kids all of these uh, standardized tests and all the things that you would typical typically measure um, understanding and comprehension about what you've been doing all year. Their exhibition night is essentially that, but it's uh, you know they have to show what they've what they've done, and so it looks differently depending on the classes, the different grades. But then this one um, group of kids, they had two teachers collaborating together, and they had to investigate, kind of learn about ancient civilizations, how they rose and how they fell. And then they had to make that basically one huge cog, you know, part of this huge gear thing. And it was so impressive. They had to represent that visually with some kind of a thing that would fit into this gear thing. Yeah, they are using the laser cutter. Uh, So crazy. You
1: know, it was insane how all these parts go together. I think my favorite part of the whole movie was the like it must have been like some high school kid. He's like, I've been coming here for like seven years, and he's like, he's like, that's up there, that's up there. Yeah. And, uh, but it's even more fit in that there was like that one piece miss- missing from Brian's group.
0: hmm I loved that because, you know, when you put together a a, a movie, a documentary, or something, you're choosing what you're going to highlight. And really, I think that the whole documentary is trying to kind of you know, grapple with, you know, like, hey, I think we need to change education. I think really it's difficult to watch that and not not agree with that. Even though they don't I don't really think that they come right out and say it because they do show a variety of hiccups with that, speed bumps and all kinds of stuff like, Hey, maybe have you thought of this? But that specifically they didn't have to add they didn't have to show that whole part of it they could have glossed over it and they didn't that that group he was wanted it to be so the way he envisioned and he didn't want to go small he he had this vision and he was just like obsessed with it and his group was bless them. I just felt so bad for that group but you know they put their trust in him and they ultimately didn't have something to showcase that night which was heartbreaking But what I loved about that is that that kid had such disappointment. He had this exit thing. What would you call that? It was like an, I don't even know what that part. Kind
1: of like the uh, the sum all of like their presentation, like kind of like all those pieces that kind of go into the engineering design process that they probably use.
0: Yeah. So they had to kind of reflect on how they felt that things went and all that. And they, it was a really cool, I love that part of the movie, but so he was bummed, and he learned some really hard truths. But he learned it because he experienced that. And the teacher had said, like, I could never have got him there just by telling him that. Well, I, I love think that. the
1: best part too is the teacher explaining that, where he's like, "You need, you need to be persevere, You got to problem solve. Do this, this, and this." And the teacher just sat back, and I mean, they were still working for the last fifteen minutes on exhibition night mm-hmm. to try to get that thing done, working behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest part was even for the parent to sit back yep. and have to watch watch her son fail. And like that interview was uh, like I mean that was crushing to kind of see that because you know she was aching for for her kid. And this kid, you know, he worked around the clock. He was and they showed him in his house like yeah. you, know, you could just see the excitement and the passion that he had for this project because he had a vision. And I love when the teachers are kind of going through that presentation. They're like here's an easy project, here's a hard project, mm-hmm. here's where you are, Brian, and your group, and it's like, off the charts there, and they, they supported yeah. that. And they did.
0: They let him fail, too. And that mom, you know, it's funny that you say that because remember, again, going back to the DVUSD rally thing, how they were they did the stat about, what did they say, 33% of parents would call
1: oh, the, a, for the their... Work. A, place.
0: Yeah, a child's workplace if they were having problems there. And, like, that's just – you said – I don't even know if it was 33, but whatever it was, you said, I think that might be low. Uh, just because <laughs> of how parents – how things have gone now with that kind of um, – you want to fix things for your kids. And that mom, she just had to sit in the pocket. Like, she had to sit there and just let her kid – have that fail and you know you don't see her fixing it she's she's there she's supportive but then you also see her when he goes back like after that project is over he goes back and he's still working on it during summer vacation he's still working on it the teacher is there that parent is there and all three of them are there right at the end when he's finished it and he puts it up and like what an amazing experience
1: yeah it was was truly awesome and then is it samantha Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha, like, her side of everything. It was cool to kind of see where she really grew, and I, I loved the play that they did and how they yeah. kind of, like, took that and brought it into a modern-day play and how much, like, that student grew in that one year and the things that, like, I love that part where everyone's, like, talking about being a leader, like, this was in the school for them, and when the teacher says, like, that's just one student. Like, the, every student here yeah. has done things that... They never thought they could do before, and they've grown in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was the most powerful part because everyone kind of found their different kind of uh, their niche. niche. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I never know how to say that word either.
1: Yeah, um, I always say niche, um, but that's that's just me. And I absolutely love that part of the documentary because he's like he's like he's like you highlighted this one, but like every single one, and it kind of went back to these, and the parents are there and. You know, that's what education should be. It should be inclusive to the parents. Like, it should be um, incorporated in the community members, like, celebrating these things, but also understanding the failure aspect to it. And, you know, that's the hard thing that I run into, like, kind of running the like STEM makerspace class. It's like, you know, it's not a typical test. Like, it's like, how do you, you know, you wanna push those kids? And I often have a hard time, like, you know, if a kid has a crazy idea, was like, the last thing I wanna do is, like, you know rein that kid in just for a grade and you know i want you to play it safe i want those kids to come up with the craziest ideas and and feel like they're safe and they're not going to be penalized because they took a risk
0: yeah i mean and and then it, you know the hard thing is working in the parameters of an an education field people want to want to be able to measure they want to be able to measure what you, what that child has achieved, whether it's the content part, um, like certain standards, how do you measure how, who's, how can you keep people accountable and like even know what, what the kids walked away from with that, you know, or with, from that. But I think like that girl, Samantha. So the, the goal is, to put on this play so you see their understanding then yeah they wanted her to have an experience with leadership and but what's so crazy and we experience this with moxie is it's like this byproduct that comes off of it is you're exposing you're putting them into these situations but then they're completely viewing themselves differently after they've experienced that and you can't you can't teach that in the same way you just you you know, it's through that sense of, um, I don't know, I, I did this and it was hard and it was, you know, I hated it sometimes, but there's things that they grapple with. And so, you know, not everything is easily tested. It's just things that kind of unfold within these kids and what she walked away with, you know, her the way she sees herself and then she was so meek. Remember when she was sitting at that panel at first and like he could barely get her voice out. It was like, she, how she said it, she gets nervous and it's like squeaky high pitch. And then at the end she's like, you know, I need you to, you know, remember when the girls were laughing and she's like, we have one more day. Like she was like,
1: and just her like pump up, like, like before the stage, like really pushing those kids and like kind of giving that, that pep talk there. I don't know, it's just it's hard like we had a big DVUSD, like back to school mm-hmm. kickoff we had an author there kind of talking about like you know this new generation of kids and you know all these all these different types of research and you know mm-hmm. listening to that I was kind of blown away by the number of high performance students who start college and who don't mm-hmm. finish college yeah. and then you think about the amount of debt this country has and you know it's hard to think about what are we preparing these kids for? Are we preparing them for life, like right after high school? Or is that the end of public education? Are we preparing them all to go to college? So it's like something that I struggle with too. Um, I, every day when I say goodbye to my kids, I'm, I say get some knowledge so they can go to college, and and like at this point, like you know, even myself, I'm like, I'm like, would that be the best bet, like in you know, 10 years from now, is that, like, something that they need? And even when he was talking to some big CEOs and he was saying, we no longer hire people with a master's. And, yeah. you know, you think, like, back in the day, it was like, get your college degree, get a master's. And some of these huge companies, like, you do not need uh, you do not need a college degree to work for us. You need work experience and, you know, you need to show these skills that, kind of go back to those soft skills and as I was listening to that I was just like kind of blown away by what all these top companies have been doing for years and but yet we're still funneling all these students through the college system
0: what was he calling it too? how he said it's so offensive to him when people call them soft skills he likes to call them what did he say professional skills or something I can't remember the other term but you know like I do like calling them soft skills because they're the ones that People don't realize that you're going to need to hit harder. And so they're kind of those ones that are overlooked, but they're, you know, they're they're helpful. And I do think I mean, because that's what they are right now. Mm-hmm. That's where they fall in. And but you realize that for those like for that guy, when he was talking about how a lot of those companies aren't looking for the masters and all that, but it doesn't hurt them. Right. Isn't that what he said? He goes, I mean, but if they have these other things, it won't hurt them. It. I think when you say that to your kids you're planning to set a seed to have them understand that that is within their grasp they're able to do that and so if our kids you know decide not to it won't be because they don't realize that they can. It'll be because they choose to do something else, I think. And I think that, you know, the intention still is good that we're trying to say, like, this should be part of kind of your big picture. Like, there's there's something that's there's coming for you down the pipe. But to know, you know, what so many things like vocational skills maker spaces i feel that you're coming in at such an important time because i think those are a big part of the future creating building um you know innovating and all those things you know not just coding not just computer science but all the stuff you do in a maker space like that's a huge movement
1: on the big part of the movie where they really talked about like all these jobs are gonna be gone, you know. It's all like jobs are what going do be you gone. do when you realize a robot can do this job? Like all these things are gonna be gone, so now you're gonna be forced to think, you know, to create, to make these things. And those are like all those kind of soft skills uh, come in there. Now kind of switching gears a little bit, do you know what a perfect SAT score is? I do today? not. No. Now when we were in high school, it was sixteen hundred. I do not know what a perfect SAT score is. I thought it was 1,800 a couple years ago. I don't understand the 200-point gap there, but I do not know it. Do you know what a good score, an ACT score, ACT test would be? I do not. You do not. I do not either. So, And you have a sophomore in high school. I'm sure your daughter is well aware.
0: I don't think she knows yet, but she will next year when that's on her radar because in the following year is when they take – that. And you can bet she'll know what it is.
1: Yeah. And then do they still, they must still must do the PSATs like as a sophomore to kind of like prep them. I believe they
0: do. I believe they do.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's kind of mind boggling. Like that 1600 was always like that, that thing that would always strive. I always felt like I was going to just wake up one morning, like Zach Morris, remember when Say by the Bells, Zach Morris got that perfect 1600. I was like, I'm just going to roll in. I'm going to get a 1600. And, and nowadays I don't think, kids or educators like if you went around if we did a google form and you know where people couldn't research it and look it up like i don't think even teachers know like what is that the highest bar on those standardized tests and the movie does a great job kind of going back and forth about the importance and the thing i love is like we always like treat students as humans and they all have a story and we want we want to know that story and incorporate and embrace it and what I loved about it is just it really talks about like the anti-test scores and how important how important each person is as a human.
0: Yeah, and I do think that te- you know, test scores are just so tricky, right? You know, because how, it, it, yes, it could possibly change their whole lives, these kids' whole lives, because it opens doors and all those things, but. You know, I feel like in in an age where you have so many kids with depression and um, drug and alcohol issues and, you know, scary, um, the suicide rates, the pressure for them to perform on the level that society is telling them that they should be and to have basically everyone kind of like a one size fits all. And if you're not measuring up or even if you're getting these high scores, like how do you, there's not a lot of joy in that. There's just so many kids that are, they're hitting their marks, but there's no joy. Like the kids in Colorado, how the girl said, well, I just want to, I just want to ace, I want to ace the class. I want to ace the test because that's going to open doors for me. Will that give them fulfillment? Will that make them happy? They've figured out how to, how the system works. So maybe they're really good at it, but they're just miserable. Like, they're so unhappy, and that's just so heartbreaking to me, you know?
1: And I'm glad you brought that up because, like, when the movie finished, you know, like, at the bottom of the Amazon video, they have a bunch of, like, trailers, like, of movies like that they'd recommend that kind of go along with that, and I watched, you know, like, I love watching trailers. I could spend probably, I could watch a documentary in the time that I usually spend watching the trailers. You do and, love
0: trailers, yeah. And
1: uh, so by the time I'm like, oh, it's time for bed, I was like, I just spent an hour and a half watching trailers. And there's was, there was one on Finland. I just can't get over, like, okay. how Finland succeeds like that. And, they're you crushing know, it. Yeah, it's insane. And these yeah. kids are outside playing. There's They're not even tested till like, you know, they're in eighth grade, maybe even later. So that was, like, pretty powerful. But, like, I'm glad you talked about the pressure. And, like, there was another documentary just following these students, like, 180 days of how much pressure they're under to perform to get into these top schools or they're already going to these top high schools and they've been going to these schools for x amount of dollars that these parents are you know invested in them at at such a young age and just that that drain that it takes on them it was just like just watching that and then Matt Damon uh, his mom was a teacher he narrates another documentary uh, American Teacher and it was just powerful to kind of see like what kind of problem we're going to have in terms of the teacher shortage, the profession, like people staying in this like profession, loving what they do because of the pressure that comes on teachers, comes on students, but it's kind of heartbreaking. And then the bill, like he had a great piece in that trailer, if you, if you don't watch the movie, I didn't watch the movie, I did watch the trailer. I love the part where we he's talking about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and how they've donated billions of dollars. And the one thing Bill Gates says, it's having a great teacher in that classroom. He's like, that's the number one factor and that's what, you know, there's a bunch of people saying that that's the most important thing and getting those great teachers in the classroom, but I don't know how you alleviate that pressure. I mean, I saw it like with a second grade student of the homework and performing and, you know, it's it's hard. It's tough on these kids and you know, it takes a toll on you as a parent, as as an educator and You know you do your best but it's these kids uh, and like and you know you think about those kids at you know the best the best schools you think about Mm -hmm. kids that are not at very good schools and aren't afforded these same opportunities even like the lottery like the student like I mean it's just you know this is like their Willy Wonka moment like getting that lottery ticket because it's going to lead to a better life and
0: doors all open for them yeah. I it, it, it ugh, there's so much that you just touched on but you know there's that's the hard thing and what's the balance. You know, ultimately I know that we both agree, you know, our ultimate goal is we want our kids to be incredibly happy. We want them to be able to live the life that they want to live. And we don't want there to be doors closed for them, but we don't want the weight of the world on their backs to be able to do things that, you know, that maybe people, they feel they're supposed to do. You know, my daughter very much wants to be a doctor now, and I think that's awesome. You know, when we were in California, she talked a lot about, well, I want to go to UCLA. I'm thinking, that's expensive. <laughs> i sure, like, maybe a community college. Um, but, you know, If ultimately she wants to go there, you know, lots of (laughs) grants, scholarships, I mean, Lord help me, but... I, I, you know, you, that's fine. I mean, kids, they, they're going to have their dreams and if that's her dream and she has a good reason and, and she wants to go for that, then she should go for that. But I, I don't want her to go for things because she's heard that that's what she's supposed to do. I don't want her to go for things because there's pressure to be something and if you're not that thing, then you've failed. And that's what I don't want. I don't want that for our kids i don't want that for the kids that we teach i want them to find what they connect with what what, you know just makes them filled with joy and like fired up and then they should go out and do that and whatever that's going to look like you know for us like what can we expose these kids to at our school that's going to unleash what they already have inside and it's different for every kid
1: yeah and kind of switching gears a little bit it's funny that me and you were talking about you know having debt and student loans and we both have our masters and we wouldn't be able to do the job that we're doing today if we didn't go back and get our masters and we absolutely love what we're doing but you think of like all these fortune 500 companies like there's no like precedent that you need to have your masters in order to do this job and we needed that masters to have this job and to do what we love and to inspire the next generation And how important, you know, I don't don't know if that's going to shift, like as time goes on. But even think about my wife; she works in healthcare. That, you know, one thing that she needed, she needed to have a master's degree. It Doesn't matter if it was even in that, in order to apply for the job and the position she's in now, she needed to have that master's degree. And you think about those things; I think those doors are going to get less and less as time goes on. And but. For us being educators, we needed to have that master's degree in order to be able to do what we love to do.
0: Well, and then again, going back to that speaker that that talked at our rally thing you know he was talking about how he had the one son that had a what is a cumulative grade point average 1. of 1.5 and was just really flailing in the system but then he connected he connected to what was it computers software engineer like that was something that someone planted and then from there he had to know you know I guess he talked to that teacher or whatever what what are the steps to get there and one of the steps for him to get there was a master's right so you have this kid that's not that would never have been on his radar but that's going to be those are going to be the stepping stones for him to reach his dream so that is a good fit for him then you have how he was doing his tree analogy and he was talking about you can be an electrician or you could be as an electrical engineer. engineer yeah and so like the difference and that was a higher like you needed more education to be the engineer part of it but you would have debt you're going to make I think you said you would make less money. Yeah. Um, but it's just so interesting, you but know. An
1: electrician, like, would make more money, you know, than yeah. a mechanical engineer. Right.
0: And, but, it, you know, so it's – but if that's what you want to be, then you go for it. But, you know, to be able to honor and to help kids kind of figure out what their, what their thing is. Like, what are their dreams? What are their passions? And then, you know, help them figure that – I don't think – I don't think education, I don't think the higher education, masters and stuff are a thing of the past, but I think they're a thing of the past as a blanket ticket to your future. I think that's the thing, is that they're not necessarily, that's not your guarantee. But if that's what you need to get what you, what you want to do, then great, but there's a lot of people, I think, that are holding masters that there's nothing for them to do.
1: Yeah, totally, and it's, you know, this is going to be a problem that, kids need to have those skills more and more as they go into the workforce because it's not going to be, you're not going to work in a warehouse anymore. It's all going to be robotics. I mean, even some of these, you know, lower end, you know, we'd call them like white collar, blue collar, you know, thinking skills are going to be done by, uh, com- you know, computers. I mean, even like the fact of, you know, computers can write articles now and just, it's so scary. It's like, you know, computers essentially can do all these things that a human can do. and they're growing at as they say 200% per year like more powerful Crazy. smarter faster it kind of is mind boggling is there anything else you want to touch on
0: oh my gosh I mean you and I could talk for so long about this but you know just I think for just teachers for educators you know overall and for parents I think it's just important to really um, try and kind of do a mental shift if you're not there already to just kind of think like maybe we need to kind of revisit what education is doing and and be open to the fact that it might be time for a change you know maybe we need to do things a little differently and just kind of put kids as the center if the, if they're the center and they're the focus you know hopefully that's going to be a way to drive where we need to go with education
1: i couldn't agree more if you have not seen most likely to succeed again it's free on amazon prime it is it is probably one of the most powerful documentaries mm-hmm. that I've seen in terms of education and where we're going in terms of a workforce and schools. And, you know, me and you, we always laugh all the time. We would not last at a traditional uh, school one day. And we love the freedom that we have to, to build, to create. Uh, to inspire inspire, yeah and so i encourage you watch that documentary Um, let us know what you think we already love uh we're getting some comments on twitter that uh people have been inspired to watch the watch the documentary based off our part one podcast so we love that keep the love coming our way and we will see you guys next week if you're like us and you can't get enough of the nailed it wall you can find us on twitter Search for me at Mr. Lane, the STEM guy.
0: And me at a positive proton.